And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome in again to another edition of Football and Grits, your SEC-centric podcast here on The Athletic. I'm Aaron Suttleton. It's Tuesday, so it's the Subscriber Participation Day where you control the podcast. I'm answering your questions from the mailbag. Again, another outstanding round of questions. You guys are absolutely lighting it up. You are in mid-season form. A lot of the schools in the SEC, a lot of the programs may not be at mid-season form, but you guys certainly are. You are football-starved, and your questions are outstanding. little personal news as we start this off. Uh, we gave – not we – but we welcomed our first child to the world last Wednesday. So if I fall asleep during the podcast, just knock real hard on your computer. It might wake me up um, because sleep has been hard to come by. Just finding a time when that little man is not screaming or crying or messing his diaper. Um, those moments are few and far between. But uh, thanks so to everyone on The Athletic uh, in the comments section who, who, who uh, wish me congratulations. It's certainly a special moment. In our family's life, and um, and we certainly do appreciate that. Before we get started, again, I'm going to ask you for a kindness. If you could subscribe, rate, and review Football and Grits, the podcast, it helps us get the podcast out to new listeners. You've got, you guys have already found it. We want more people to find it so that I can get more of these outstanding questions that you guys pepper me with each and every week. And right now, you can get a gift subscription to The Athletic for a dollar. Go to theathletic.com backslash grits for a dollar a month subscri subscription. Uh, again, so many good questions are coming in. You're making it hard to pick them each and every week. Uh, the first one up is from Derek M. He says, the way I see it, if Texas A&M runs the table, they're in the college football playoff if Alabama beats Georgia again. Do you think they have the best chance of Alabama and Georgia? It's a good question because Kirk Herbstreit tweeted out his, you know, his top five, six, seven programs that he does every week. Obviously, Kirk Herbstreit, the outstanding um, college football analyst there at ESPN, their lead color commentator as well, and he had Texas A&M. I think he had them fifth right now in his poll. So that really sort of sort of jolted me back putting the Aggies into focus because, you know, when you, the life of a beat writer from day to day, it's the program that's in front of you. So it's always Alabama on the forefront of my mind because I cover them. And then it's the, the team they cover, the team they play that week, rather, that I'm covering. And once a team's sort of behind you, unless they've beaten the team that you cover, you sort of forget about them, right? So Alabama hung a lot of points on A&M, and A&M did some things offensively, just couldn't keep, couldn't keep pace with Alabama. So I sort of, I wouldn't say I wrote them off, but I put them in the back of my mind, and I forgot about them. It's like that, you know, sometimes you buy clothes in bulk, and you have that shirt in your closet that you forget about, and you say, oh, man, why does this one still have tags on it? Well, it's because you never wore it. That's sort of what I've done with A&M, is I, I sort of put them in the back of the closet. I forgot about them. But when Kirk Herbstreet 
you know, tweeted he they were that high, it it brought them back into focus for me. And when you look at it, as they sit right now, they got six games remaining. Their only loss is to the number two team in the country, Alabama. And that game was, was in Tuscaloosa. That was, so that was a road game for Texas A&M. But what they got left, they have Arkansas. They're at South Carolina, at Tennessee, Old Miss, LSU, Auburn. To Derek's point, they would have to run the table to get into the college football playoff. And, you know, unless something just went incredibly haywire with, the, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, the teams uh, also there in the SEC, that would be fine. And I know Florida's got the loss now, and, and Texas A&M would hold that head-to-head in terms of how that's viewed by the committee. But just in terms of, uh, of teams that are viewed as potentially having a path to the college football playoff, right? Um, and right now, I – I, I think it's um I think it's a doable path for AM. I don't know how realistic it is, but it's doable. They can beat Arkansas. Although Arkansas, you start talking about you don't want to give out coach of the year awards when you're not even halfway through a season, but but Sam Pittman's there. And I think everyone would recognize the fact that that team is playing hard. And that's that is a that is an indicative of good coaching. How hard a team plays is is a directly reflective of the coaching it receives. So Sam Pittman has got that team playing hard. So Arkansas is not as much of a pushover gimme game as it used to be. And I don't have to tell Texas A&M fans, go back and look at the history of that series the last five, six years. <laughs> no matter how bad Arkansas was, that game's been a thriller. I mean, that that Texas A&M-Arkansas game has given us some great games the last few years. So now that Arkansas is playing a little more competitively, uh, it's not a it's not a guaranteed W is like we would most of the time assume it would be. Out South Carolina, you got to think Texas A&M can win that game, should win that game. Uh, at Tennessee, the way Tennessee's playing right now, you got to think A&M's the play there. Uh, although t- Tennessee's one of those teams that seem to let its emotion um, sort of carry how it plays from weekend to week out. So you can't just say, okay, Tennessee had a bad loss, got blown out by Kentucky, they're done. Uh, they got some talent on that team. It's not up to the par of Florida or, or Georgia or anything like that in the East, but they have some talent. So, and that's a prideful staff over there with with Tennessee. So I don't necessarily think they're going to pack it in. But looking and handicapping that game, you got to think A and M should win that game. And this is where it gets interesting, right? Old Miss. Uh, Old Miss is, you know, having seen them up close and personal. Old Miss can beat anybody they play. I really believe that. When you when you play that style with Lane Kiffin. Now, I think what happened last week when Arkansas got him is I think that's – we talk about that maturity, that consistency of a football team week in and week out is is what really separates the great teams from the mediocre teams. And you start talking about a program like Alabama who's got 90-plus wins uh, against – or 90 consecutive wins, rather, against teams that aren't uh, aren't ranked – it's because Nick Saban doesn't allow Alabama to play down to the level of his competition. It's sort of he sort of gets them peaked every week, and I think that is sort of what I got Ole Miss last week. Taking nothing away from Arkansas, again, I think the world of what Sam Pittman is is doing there. But I think the emotion, even though they lost against Alabama, I think they took a lot of confidence away from that, and I think they felt good about themselves. And I, if I, if I you know were to ask Lane Kiffin off the record, did Ole Miss prepare like they did? this past week as, as they did two weeks ago for Alabama, he'd probably tell you no. And I think that's the emotional maturity of a team. So I think Ole Miss can – that's a tricky one for A&M. And that's one of those 
toss-up games for me. We'll see how that goes. LSU, you got to think. I'm just sort of right now because we didn't get to see them this past weekend. Is sort of just like I, I'm, I'm suspended by the bad that we've seen of LSU and some of the decent things that we've seen from LSU. So, um, you know, I'm not. I don't have a fully formed opinion of LSU yet. Although it, it's not trending in a great direction. Certainly, they are still LSU and still have a lot of talent. Now they get an extra week off to sort of um, get things right. We'll see. But again, that's LSU. It's uh, LSU and Texas A&M has been a big rivalry game. So, and then you get Auburn at the end of the season. Auburn is not playing really good football right now. The um, the walls are caving in on Gus Malzahn. So. It's possible, I guess, is a long way of answering this question, A&M. Could they, could they get in? Yes. Um, but the scenario that Derek laid out, Alabama would have to beat Georgia again. And then it, and then it depends on how you view Georgia. You know, if it's a close loss in the SEC championship game, are you going to penalize Georgia for losing twice to the number two team in the country um, and then bump in a team that didn't even win its division? We've seen that before, right? We've seen it with Alabama, but – it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I, you know, I got to credit Kirk Kerbstreet for even, you know, sort of putting that in my mind. But great question, Derek. Eric Q, if the Vols ride QB woes to three and seven, is Pruitt in any trouble or does he have a couple more years regardless? I tend to think, unless things just go way, 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 way off the tracks with Tennessee the rest of the year, that, that Pruitt's safe this year. Um, Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You know, him firing his defensive line coach this week, I can't tell if that's an act of desperation from Jeremy to try to sort of avert attention um, or if there were real issues there. I'm not, I'm not close enough to the Tennessee program. Obviously, Jeremy Pruitt said there was some, you know, just two different sort of ideas um, between that led to that firing, I'll say that. But Jeremy Pruitt, 
taking on that responsibility while being the head coach isn't an ideal situation. It's, it's just not. And you guys, if you've listened to me enough, you know what I think of Jeremy Pruitt as a defensive coordinator. I, he's, I think he's, he's the best Alabama's had you know, under the Saban era, and most people would probably point to Kirby. I prefer Jeremy's style a lot better. I have a lot of respect for Jeremy. It's a tough loss. I mean, they're licking their wounds. The quarterback, you know, the pick sixes, the turnovers, the interceptions. It's that'll that'll humble a team real quickly, and it can change the game. And we saw it. Um, three and seven. I would really be surprised if that were the case. They got Alabama this week. They're at Arkansas, Texas A&M, at Auburn, at Vanderbilt, Florida. They're two and two right now. I see where you're going. If things go real, real bad, they're, they're going to beat Vanderbilt. Right, I mean, they haven't fallen that far. They're going to be Vanderbilt, so there's your third win. And then is four and six possible? Yeah, four and six is real possible. Because um, are they going to get Alabama? Probably not. They can get Arkansas. I know Arkansas is playing good. That's sort of a toss-up game to me. That that could be your fourth win. I think they can compete with Texas A&M. That could be a potential fifth win at Auburn. That's not a guaranteed loss. Um, in the Florida Florida's a rivalry game. It just can Tennessee score enough to keep up with Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts in that offense? I could definitely see four and six, five and five. I would be shocked if it fell to three and seven. And to answer your question, if it goes three and seven, then yeah, um, Jeremy's going to have some tough decisions to make in the offseason. I don't think he'll lose his job, though. I think one, and I think an administration, I think an athletic director who's been in this position, like Phil Fulmer, knows this wasn't, this wasn't, an ideal year, right? I mean, I, you certainly don't throw the year away and say these results don't count. You you sort of put them in the foundation of what you're making your decision on, but I don't think you solely make it on this year. And um, I think it would help if he got a big win this year, you know, if he were able to beat Florida, uh, if he were able to beat Texas A&M, win that game, get, if you, you know, you get that and I think he's safe. But I – Unless things just unless there's just a crisis of confidence and Jeremy Pruitt is your leader going forward and it affects recruiting, I think you keep him. I don't think this year is going to affect him. I think Tennessee needs some continuity, quite frankly. I think you can't keep turning over coaches every three, four years. And I don't think it's a disaster like it was with Derek Dooley to the point where you've got to make it you, – your hand's forced and you got to make a decision. I, I don't think it's to that point yet. Um, but – People are watching, and, and people, this is where you sort of build, you can either build equity in your coaching career or you start cashing that equity in. It's to that point with Jeremy. I think people are still on the edge, and they're deciding whether they like you as their head coach. You're either, you're either building your equity or you're cashing it in, and I think that's where Jeremy is, and it would help him if he were able to get a Florida or a Texas A&M to sort of build some equity because that loss to Kentucky ate away at some of that equity. Uh, Bradley G. asks, who do you think will pose the biggest threat to Alabama on the remaining schedule, if any? Uh, man, that's a tough one because I don't know that anybody can score with Alabama. And to that's proven that's, – that's the only way they've been under threat this year, even though the defense has been a, a dumpster fire at times. And they were against Georgia at times, although they, they took advantage of some turnovers in the second half and pulled out – uh, pulled away, offense sort of stretched their legs, were able to get away from Georgia. I, I think that's the way Alabama's going to have to win this year. I don't think the defense is going to be out the one that you're leaning on to be dominant. I think Nick Saban, if you heard him after the game, and I wrote about this in Subtle's Thoughts this week. If you haven't checked that out, go check it out at The Athletic. 
if you listen to him after the game in his interview with CBS sideline reporter Jimmy Airdahl, he said, it's not about statistics anymore. I need to get my players on defense to understand it's about stops. And it's not about statistics. So in my mind, Nick Saban has resigned himself to the fact that, listen, we're not going to be a three-and-out monster on defense. That's not us. We have to find a way to get stops. And the way they got them against Georgia was turnovers. So you got to be opportunistic. you got to create some turnovers because your offense is so good that if you get extra possessions against another team, you know, just the, the numbers, you run the numbers, Alabama's going to outscore them. So I think the way, that's the way Alabama's going to do it. And I, I look at the schedule that's remaining, who's going to outscore Alabama? Um, Tennessee, they got them this week at, in, in Knoxville. Mississippi State, after week one, we would have said, yeah, Mike Leach and that offense can probably throw out for a lot of yards on this Alabama defense. And, and given enough time, I think Mike Leach can devise a game plan that he can get Alabama's defense. Can they score enough? No. I don't think so. Not from what I've seen from Mississippi State the last few weeks. But I think they could give them trouble. And I think I think you're going to see a lot of bust. We've seen a lot of bust from the Alabama defenders this year in the passing game. And most of them, quite frankly, a lot of them have been from the linebackers. You don't think Mike Leach is going to look at that film and with his passing pedigree, going to be able to find a way to, to get that done? I, I think that is possible, but I don't, I don't think they can consistently do it. I don't think they can do it. At LSU... I think LSU can do some things. I think they can put up some points Alabama. I don't think they can outscore them. And their defense doesn't show any signs of being able to stop Alabama. Kentucky's an interesting one. I don't think they can outscore Alabama. Auburn can't score Alabama. Um, and Arkansas can't. So there's nobody on the schedule that really gives me concern. I guess the biggest would be LSU because you know, you know the potential of that offense. And if the defense gets right, they have the defensive backs. If they get right and they correct some of the issues, it maybe can slow down in Alabama. But I'm sort of at the point with Alabama where if Georgia couldn't do it, who's going to step up and, and get Alabama in the SEC defensively? Um, being able to slow Mac Jones and that offense down. I, if Georgia wasn't able really to do it, and Alabama hung 41 on Georgia, I sort of think there's nobody that can. But LSU would be the game. Sort of depending on people are going to laugh, but depending on what kind of game it is and if they can win the turnover battle, I think Kentucky can keep it closer than most people expect. Kentucky's a solid football team, and I'm starting to think Arkansas might be able to to do some things. Again, I don't think anybody on this schedule is going to beat Alabama, um, but if I had to pick the team that's most likely, it's I'll probably still go. LSU. I want to thank everybody for listening. Hey, coming up on Football and Grits on Wednesday, David Ubbin and Josh Kendall are back, and they're taking you back inside the SEC East. A lot, lot to discuss. You know, that Tennessee-Kentucky game stands out. A lot Georgia now falling off. And there's a lot to discuss on that side of the conference, and also David covers Tennessee. Alabama's going there this weekend. They may give you a little preview of that. I'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.